Welcome, my name is Tanai, and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. I want women to have the freedom to express themselves unapologetically so they can create the lives and the relationships that they deeply desire. After a decade of trying to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, I realized that there's actually no such thing. So drop all of your preconceived notions and open up your mind and your heart to the conversations that I'm gonna be having on this podcast. This is my opportunity to debunk commitment phobia and have deep and radically vulnerable conversations with my guests about what it really takes for people to create authentic and intimate connections and relationships. This is Commitment Phobia. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have my friend Danielle Haddon, and she's also a women's coach. She helps women reconnect with their truth and gain clarity on what they truly desire. And I feel a special connection with Danielle, and I'll explain it this way. Yesterday, I saw a friend from high school, a guy, and I asked him, you know, what difference does he see in me from when I was in high school and now? And he's like, let me put it this way. You used to be like a normal girl. You know, you used to talk about normal things and like you were a girl in New York living your life and being a video producer and all. And now you're like a weird girl. You know, you just talk about different things. Like you talk about sex and you talk about Tantra and you talk about (laughs) drugs and that's what it is. And and I really think like, Danielle, I'm, I'm excited to hear your story of what that was like for you, because it feels like you have a very similar story to me where you were playing out like the normal girl life and who you thought you had to be and all these obligations. And now you're living out who you truly are and what you desire. Mm, Oh my God. I love that so much. What a great compliment to receive (laughs) from that guy. I love that. I really relate. And thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And it feels really like real because we haven't pre had this conversation. And so we get to just have this conversation together and share and connect and everybody gets to listen in. Yes, I absolutely relate to that. I have five brothers and I'm the only girl. And growing up, I was constantly surrounded by boys, men now. And I was like the good girl. Like I was such the good, like I'm the daughter and I'm the golden child and I'm protected and I'm just like sweet and innocent. And I had like a lot of beliefs from like my brothers as they started to go through puberty and like their experience with women. And that was very much projected onto me. And so I wanted to be seen as like a good, polite girl who would be like, desired but wouldn't be like a slut so to say or be you know all of these like objectified or anything like that and so I basically grew up being an achiever and the polite one and like the bubbly one and like the happy energetic calm collected daughter and actually in my family I have this title called golden child <laughs> still to this day we have like a family group chat on Facebook and we've all like got nicknames and mine is golden child <laughs> and <Wow>. so I <laughs> literally lived out that like term of what it means to be like the good daughter and the good child and the good woman and what that looks like and now like I created my own narrative for what golden child means and what I get to be with inside of that but definitely so conditioned to look good and tick all of the boxes and be approved of and accepted by my parents and not cause chaos or anything like that so totally relate and now yeah I feel a lot more free 
in who I am and just my journey with discovering what's my actual truth and what am I doing just to fit in and not cause chaos and yeah to keep that title of being a golden child and being calm and collected and the one who like knows what's right in quotation like so to say and yeah just like not going off the beaten path just doing what's kind of been drawn out for me and yeah on the other side of this it definitely feels a lot more freeing to be myself but at the same time it's really scary like every day to move away from that and it's a battle I'm not like perfect in it at all this you know days and days where I go where I'm just still confined to old narratives and where I have to catch myself and be like oh that's not my truth that's the old version of me that's the good wanting to be seen as good and what I actually really want to do or what I actually believe or what I actually am committed to is something different than that wow I really love that because I think so many people can look at I get, well, let's talk about women. You know, so many women can look at women who are living out their desires and go, man, she's so brave. She has no problems anymore. She's just living out her truth. And (laughs) it's not like that. You have a whole life of conditioning and a whole life of trying to be a good girl. And of course that part of you is going to come out and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So I Mm -hmm. love like the humanism that you bring to that. I just want to say real quick, when you spoke about redefining your golden girl, It'd be so interesting for you to do a photo shoot where you actually embody your new version of the golden girl. That would be so fun. Oh my God. Yeah. That would be so hot. Imagine yeah. like my parents seeing you. <laughs> yeah. And you're like covering gold this. or something. <laughs> mm. Yes. Oh, that so would be good. so fun. Was there any way that your brothers spoke about dating or women that influenced how you were showing up in in dating and with men? Totally. Like so much. I have three brothers who are older and two brothers who are younger. And my brothers who are older, both of my parents divorced, remarried. So a lot of them are like stepbrothers. But two of my older brothers, we would always be kind of like together in this house. And the other three are like from different parents. So wouldn't be around as much. And so these two older brothers, I love them so dearly. And they're like, I'm obsessed with them. I think they're great men. And it's such a blessing to have them in my corner rooting for me all the time. And growing up would make so many comments about women. And they were 18, 19, and I would have been like 14, 15. So I was just starting to like flirt with guys or be interesting guys or like my friends and I would start having like, I call them like micro boyfriends, like (laughs) little connections and relationships. And so a lot of what I was doing was influenced by them. So I would hear them say like, oh my God, she's so hot. And I would look at the girl that they think is hot and be like, oh, well, this is what a hot girl, this is what guys think is hot. And so that's what I need to like be, or that's what I need to become. And so I would always be trying to like mold myself to be liked and loved and wanted and desired from men in the perception of what my brothers thought were hot. And there was this other time when I can't really remember, I'm just like thinking as I'm sharing, but I remember my brother's having this conversation about being a snake and a snake to them was somebody who like is um is this a an English term like is this because I don't think we have I think it might be like an English term yeah (laughs) (laughs) what does that mean so being a snake is like a guy I guess it could be a girl but in this conversation it was a guy like who 
kind of sleeps around is like a bit of a snake he's like going in and out of like different people's situationships and all like just snaking around like not committed definitely not consciously communicating or anything like that he's just trying to sleep with somebody and might sleep with a different person next week and is talking to multiple different women and now like there is nothing wrong with that of course and at the time it felt so I guess like I was a bit like oh my god men are going to be sleeping with other women whilst like they might be interested with me and like they don't get to be like I don't get to have them like all to myself and I thought that that's just like what it was like I just thought that guys were just sleeping around with multiple women and weren't really interested in you to have to say they were like just trying to get something out of you And so that kind of created this like barrier for me personally of like, I can only let you in so far because you're only going to want me for so much. And yeah, and also just like, it was just funny, like I'm just thinking, I can literally remember exactly where my brothers were when they were having this conversation and just how it was deemed as like bad. And there was a lot of conversations around our dinner table of the boys talking about sex and talking about girls. And I remember feeling a lot of shame in like sexuality because of that. And like a girl who has sex is a girl who is a slag or a slut. We say slag in England. Yeah. So then I felt like shame around if I wanted sex, like if I desire to have sex, then I must be a slag. It's not just like, I don't get to just have pleasure. It's like, this is for a man. And if I want it, then it's, it's wrong. Mm. Yeah. What I'm hearing is really how, what was in the way of your desires was like all this shame and guilt. If you know, you acted on these things, which is crazy. You know, so many women are like, I don't know what I want. And this is your story, such a great example of, well, you may or you do, but there's actually so much judgment that's in the way of you actually owning your desires. Oh my God, so much. Yeah. And I just think like now um, I have more approval of my sexuality and my desires. And sometimes like when my brothers are around, like they'll say something now and (laughs) they'll say something like sexual and I'm like, oh my God, me too. Oh. <laughs> and they'll be like no 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 <laughs> oh, I can't imagine what it must be like for all of these men in your family to just like hold you and the new you that is birthing you know <laughs> they're definitely confronted oh, by it and it's not a conversation them. that we have right. <laughs> so funny yeah. what was the rock bottom for you in terms of wow this life isn't really working for me I'm not really myself and then what was the turning point Well, January, 2020, I had been running a network marketing business for six years and I'd set all of my goals. I was one of the top people in the company. I was very ambitious. I had my entire plan like written out. I started this business when I was 18. It was like, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. Very much all thought out and just like committed. That's the golden girl. Yeah, right there. She is going for the top. And so I was like hustling and grinding and working really hard. I was getting a lot of recognition and acknowledgement and it was definitely feeding my ego. And January, 2020, New Year, I'd set my goals as I did every year for the past six years. Like this is what I'm going to achieve this year. This is my goals and my ambitions. And it was all of it. And then a couple of weeks into 2020, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know what the shift was. I don't know if there was a conversation or anything, but I just remember being like, I'm not motivated in this like at all. Like I can't force myself to pretend about this anymore. 
and it felt really scary like it was the most scary thing because my whole identity I personally had wrapped into being the girl who does this business and people on social followed me for this reason like I had all of these people inside of this community who looked up to me I had put all of my worth inside of this identity and so if I wasn't going to do this, what the hell would I do? Because I'd never asked myself before, like, what else do I want to do? Like, I didn't go to college. I didn't, like, I went to dance school when I was 16 and then got injured. So couldn't dance anymore and then fell into this business. And so I'd never really asked, like, what do I want to do? Like, what would I do as a career? And yeah, I remember just being like, oh my God, I don't know if I can face this question. Like, I don't know if I can face this challenge. I think I might just have to keep denying it and keep pretending. And I was in a really loving, stable relationship at the time. And we had met in this company and we were seen together as a couple inside of this community as well. And his mom was in the business and it was very like, there was a lot of attachment there. And yeah, I remember just having a conversation with him and been like, I don't know whether I want to do this anymore. And he was just really approving of the fact that I might want to change my mind, which made me feel so at ease because it was like, okay, you'll still love me if I change my mind, if I do something different. And if you do, maybe other people will as well. And it was still scary. And so I started to like look into what else do I want to do. And I had been like running other people's social media, like on the side. And so I started to look into doing that more. And then as I started to question my career, I started to question other elements in my life. And I hit a rock bottom when the pandemic hit because I was due to get married in June 2020. And I'd planned my entire wedding. And in March 2020, me and my now ex, we went to Portugal where we were getting married and we finished completing all of the plans for this wedding and I flew back to New York and the day after I got back into New York where I was living at the time the next day was when the pandemic hit and the borders shut and you had to isolate and stay home and so we basically had to cancel our entire wedding and give all of that up or at the time we were postponing it and that felt really awful and depleting I felt kind of guilty for feeling bad about the fact that I was sad about a wedding when like other people were like potentially dying from COVID or whatever it was like why do I get to feel sad about a wedding when people's lives are at risk so like I should be worrying about grander scheme things right now yeah and I remember one of my friends saying like your feelings are so valid and that was the first time I'd ever heard it and I was like oh okay, I get to like have approval over my feelings right now. And so that was a bit of a rock bottom. And then two months or like April, so a couple of weeks later, we ended up packing up our entire apartment in New York and driving cross country and moving to Las Vegas to move into a house there that his mom wanted us to be in. And that just felt really upsetting because I was giving up my entire life in New York without choice and I just felt gutted like I felt so sad and disappointed and like frustrated and it was like I was on track at the beginning of January 2020 to achieve all of these goals in my career and get married live in New York City create this life for myself and now 
my career was taken or like, I didn't have the desire for it anymore. My wedding was taken. Now my apartment's taken and I moved to Las Vegas and then my relationship started to crumble. And I started to question whether I wanted to be in this relationship or not, whether I wanted to be in America or not, whether I wanted to be single, whether I had other desires. I cannot even explain how confronting it was and challenging because again, I just wanted to deny all of it because it would have been so much easier for me just to stay comfortable because the relationship wasn't bad. Like the house in Las Vegas was amazing. Like I had my dog, I had this new brand new car. Like I was starting to crush it in my new career. I just launched like this online intentional wellness shop and I was doing all of these things. And a lot of it was just covering up my truth which was that I wasn't fully satisfied and I wasn't fully meeting my desires to the max that they are. And I didn't even know what that was at the time. Like I had no idea what desire even is. Like I get to choose what I want versus just what I need. Like that doesn't, didn't make sense to me at the time. Mm -hmm. You just literally said like the song, like you can't always get what you want, but if you try, you get what you need. Like that's literally, you know, it's ingrained in our (laughs) culture. (laughs) so ingrained like I just need to like have my essential you know surroundings and that's good enough right we just yeah I've ticked the boxes like I'm doing the wedding my parents are happy I've got a healthy-ish relationship I've got the dog I've got the house like I've got the car like it was so like everything that looked good on the outside like everybody was looking in at me on like Instagram or whatever like oh my god she has the dream life and me internally was like, oh, <laughs> I don't want any of this. And like, I can't admit that. Like, I don't want to admit that. And it's really scary. And so slowly I had to take a step of courage and I like tested things and I went traveling for two months to see what I did want. And even I was on the way back to Las Vegas to figure out whether I still wanted to be in this relationship or not. And I had no idea. I'm literally on the plane and I'm still like, I don't know. I just hope that I get back there and everything is okay again and I can just pretend that like all of this doubt and this fear and this questioning is gone I just wanted to arrive back and be like no you know what this is great this is it like I'm good I don't need to change anything and the complete opposite happened my whole life erupted and within two weeks I was packing up my entire life and was moving back to England and I'd ended my relationship, my, yeah, everything basically fell apart. And like in a week from now was like, it was one year ago. And I moved back in with my parents, which was such a freaking ego death, like the biggest ego death ever after living 10 years in like different places all over the world and like traveling and like living this life of luxury and I love my parents. I'm so grateful. It was the best thing ever. Like it was so what I needed, but it was such an ego death. And I was so afraid of like, will people still value me? Will people value me if I'm single? Will people value me being 25 with no career plan right now? No relationship, like no savings. I had to spend it all to move home. And like living with my parents, like, who am I? Why am, why did I just give everything up that looked so good? And the journey yeah. from there felt like, oh my God, so much questioning again of like, why did I just do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like in retrospect, you're like, oh yeah, you had to 
strip away everything that really wasn't you to find yourself. But at the time, I'm sure it was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> everything is falling I? apart. Like, yeah. <laughs> Can I just know right now, like what I'm supposed to do and what's supposed to be next and that this is all going to be okay. And there was just so much trust that like had to take place in like, I don't know why I need to relieve this relationship, but something's telling me I do. And there is other desires that right now I need to attend to. And if I keep ignoring them, they just keep getting louder and louder and louder and things keep happening that are just pushing me in that direction anyway. And so can I surrender and trust and listen and feel into what's on the other side of that? And so yeah, yeah, the the image that I'm getting is like, it's like desire is like a dog. Like if you feed the dog while you're having lunch, the dog is going to keep coming back and and, want to eat your food. Like do not feed the dog. Otherwise it's going to keep coming back. And that's what desire is, right? Like you feed your desires and the desires are like, yeah, she's listening. Like, let's tell her more of what we want. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, God's sake, what yeah. am I doing? Uh-huh. I just want to eat my lunch. Like, can I, can I just stay calm and in peace eating my lunch? Yeah. Uh, so good. Uh, so at what point did um did your sexual revolution come into play? Because I'm guessing, like, I, I give it that name because... I'm like, you were going through a revolution, you know, in your journey. So at what point did your sexuality and sex come in? Yeah, well, I never really had a conversation around sex. Like, I didn't really have conversations about sex with friends. Like, it wasn't really a conversation that was had or approved of or was a discussion. I don't know whether anybody was having a good sex life or what their sex life was even like, or even if they had one, like it just wasn't really a approved of topic in my friend group at previous. And so I kind of just had created a vanilla sex life. Like it was just like, you just have sex when they wanted and like I wasn't turned on really ever or I was but I was disapproving of it so I just like go and do my own thing by myself (laughs) I didn't know how to initiate sex I felt still a lot of shame in sex and it wasn't until this desire started happening last summer where I was like you know what like I want to explore my sexuality and I had first started doing like this feminine work and so the conversation was starting to become more present and I was starting to ask myself and like turn myself on and learn about like sexual I mean sensual movement and like different things like that and so my desire and my turn on was starting to happen and then it was like oh my god I actually do have a lot of sexual desires that I haven't been approving of or haven't ever created the space to have the conversation around And I started to have new friends in my life who were approving of this and talking about it and who started to like expand my mind into like, oh my God, she wants that? Like, wow, you can be honest about that? Like, that's so cool. And, you know, some of their desires were definitely not mine and some of mine are not theirs. And I really just had to like get comfortable with firstly like approving of other people's desires so that then I could feel comfortable in approving of my own. And so, yeah, I just started like thinking about the things that I wanted and that I wanted to experience and explore. And then I just had to give so much love to it. Wow. Your story is so powerful because there's so many women out there who don't see themselves connected to their sexuality or, you know, sex in that way, or don't think it's that important. What would you say to women who feel like, well, am I even a sexual being? Like, I don't know. 
how they can start getting in touch with that. Yeah. Well, I just feel like so much of my shadow was like my sexuality because I remember when I was at dance school, like my favorite dance was like sexy, like strutting and like doing all of that. And I feel like that was just like, it was so approving because it was the routine. And so it's not me, it's just the routine, you know, (laughs) but deep down it was like, this is what I want. Like, this is, this is my truth. And so I would say like, if you don't feel like you are, it's probably just because you're not approving of it or you haven't tried to like feel into it. And I remember when I first started like doing sensual movement and things like that and just having so much emotion release and it was like every time I would like feel into my body I would just like cry and it was like thawing out and just feeling into it and releasing the shame like somatically by just letting myself breathe into the pain or the discomfort or the judgment that I had over myself I would be like moving or like doing something sexy and then be like who do I think I am to be doing this like I don't need to be doing this like I should be doing something else like why am I creating the space to do this and so just giving the space and the permission the approval of it and just feeling into it and also not defining it in any way because I think it comes back to like you know, even like music videos or quote unquote sexy dancing or like porn of like, this is how it should look. And like, I'm not fitting with inside of those rails of like what it should look like. And so I'm doing it wrong or I'm not sexy. And it's like, you get to create whatever you think is sexy and whatever feels sexy to you is the right thing. And so just, yeah, feeling into, okay, this feels good. This makes me feel hot this makes me feel turned on and you don't have to go any further like you don't have to do anything about it you can just sit in the feeling of like being turned on or feeling sexy and it doesn't mean that you then have to like lead into sex or self-pleasure or anything you can just enjoy the feeling of being sexy yeah I love that because like what I'm hearing is that it's about you and it's about you feeling good and not Mm -hmm. what does it look like how's this other person gonna enjoy this it's like oh wow this is something for myself and it feels really good And it's interesting. What I'm hearing is that it's not something that maybe you sought out. It's like you started getting in touch with yourself and that sort of took off the onion layers to then get in touch with these sides of you that maybe you didn't feel like were there, you didn't know, or you didn't understand, which I think is what a lot of women out there, that's where they're at. And Mm -hmm. same friend last night who said I used to be normal said that one of his biggest fears with women is that he'll be more sexual than them and more open than them. And I think that's such a misconception, right? I mean, you and I both Mm. are surrounded by hundreds of women who are so (laughs) hungry and so sexual. And yeah, it takes little things like what you mentioned, like approval and exploration and questioning Mm. and thawing to actually get Mm. to, to that side of you. Yeah. And the other thing that I would recommend is, you know, having the people around you who are having the conversations and, I remember was in this program and we had to like share with other people like other girls other women on the call what your desires are and (laughs) I remember somebody else being like I want to be a dominatrix and my desire at the time was like I kind of remember what it was but it was like I want to have sex outside it was like nowhere near the like her like kinky like desired approval or like knowing of like I didn't even know what that meant like I was like what's that mean like what is that and so then I get to like explore that and be like oh is that something I desire or like oh let me get educated and let me understand this and I have a group 
chat with some of my friends in this work and you know it's such a safe space to just like ask questions without shame and I think you know you can be I'm 26 now and there is you know you kind of feel like oh I should be 26 I should know all of these things like I should know how to make myself feel a certain way or I should know what makes me turned on or I should know what how to orgasm or I should know like how everything works and how to have quote-unquote good sex and all of these things and it's like if you haven't been in the conversation about it and you haven't been given the education which most of us have not how are you supposed to know like, how are you supposed to know? It's such, it's such a challenge still, but I love to just ask them questions. Like if there is something that I'm confused about sexually, or if there's something that I am curious about, I'll ask them like, what did, has anybody experienced this before? Or I'm feeling the desire to do this. Like, does anyone have any recommendations? And just bringing the conversation to the table or like, I'm really struggling with making this, this happen. Does anyone have any tips? Or is anyone going through this as well? And then you get to be really honest and have the support around it without it being shameful or judgmental or like I think just another thought that just came through is like we sometimes think that we have to go to the extreme like I kind of felt less with like my brothers of like okay in order for me to and then it gets performative of like okay so this is what hot looks like and so this is who I'm gonna be and so now I'm in bed with somebody and now I need to make sure that they think that I'm the best sex that they've ever had and so let me like be so dramatic and like extreme (laughs) and do like the the dirtiest thing ever which is not within my range or is not within my boundary or not within my desire and we're again doing it for somebody else versus for your own pleasure so when you bring it back you can be like this is my boundary this is what I desire this is what I'm available for if somebody wants more than that that's okay they can go find that with somebody else who that is their desire and just being so in approval of like these are my boundaries. These are my desires. And this is what I want. And this is all good. That's so beautiful. And hearing you speak, it makes me think how we have different moods every day and sex is also going to look different every day. Yet when you do meet someone and you do want to be that hot girl, it's like, you don't even stop and breathe to think, okay, what am I feeling right now? You know, what kind of sex do I want to have today? How do I want to show up here today? Which can be different Mm. than tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. What would you say to women who don't have the tools to communicate what it is that they want to try or what it is that they want in partnership? Well, you mean like with like another person? Yeah. Like when you realize, okay, I want to have sex outside. So, so there's so many women out there who feel like they don't want, they don't have the access to then go and communicate that with their partner. So yeah. Love that. Okay. So if you have a partner you can practice with amazing, because hopefully it's already a safe space where you can share your desires. And I think you get to be really playful with it in terms of like, Hey, I'm really desiring to expand my sexuality. And I'd love to do this with you. Are you willing? And just like have that first initial conversation with them and create the space to even share the desire to explore more and tell them what that looks like for you. Like I, you know, I really desire to feel deeper intimacy with you and to get to know my body more and to know more about what you desire as well and make it like a fun exploration that you get to have together and share what it would mean to you with them. And if you're not in a relationship and you're like dating, first of all, I think the biggest thing is when you are dating to decide and 
understand and be honest about what you want. So if you really want a loving, stable relationship and you're looking for that in this period of time, then being honest with yourself about that and honest when you are dating. And if you just want to explore sexually, that's okay too. And so you don't have to create a huge relationship in order to do so. You could share with somebody, hey, I would love to connect with you around what you desire from this connection. I actually just had a really yummy experience with this guy. And I was just in a place where I was um, for a period of time. So it wasn't like, oh, we're going to create a relationship and we're going to dive in. It was like, I'm here for a week. And like, I desire this, this, and this from this experience I would love for you to share your desires and see if this is aligned. And if it is, then let's go ahead and, you know, lean into that. But if not, then their disattachment of like, okay, well, I'm not going to override my boundary and pretend that I want something different, or I'm not going to try and create something different just for the sake of having intimacy or having connection. It's like, once you get really honest with yourself around, this is what I want, this is my desire can I share that desire with somebody and can it be met? And if it's not met, then that's okay. It's like practicing detachment rather than overriding your boundary and just being like, I'll just have it however they want it instead. Right. And practicing being okay, being disappointed and rejected, you know, like it's okay to feel bad when someone says, I don't want it. It's like, you're going to feel bad and that's okay. We can't always feel good all the time. Oh my God. So much. And, you know, I just want to share that in having this conversation with somebody, it's, oh my God, can I tell you the amount of courage it takes to like say, hey, this is my, can I share my desire with you? In this actual experience that I had, I told this guy, I was like, hey, like, I really want to share my desires with you. And he was like, I would love that. And so we'd created the space. I told him that I wanted to share my desires. And then it gets round to it. I'm like, I can't, I literally cannot. I can't, like, I just felt so uncomfortable and like, oh my God, this is such an edge for me. And like, I am about to reveal and be so vulnerable. <laughs> I'm about to lay myself out, like all my desires out here. And I don't know whether they're going to be met, whether they're going to be approved of, whether they're going to be, even in my mind, I'm like, even if they're going to be edgy enough, he might be thinking like, is that it? (laughs) Or he might be thinking, oh my God, this is too much. Like you have no idea how somebody is going to perceive your desire. And so it's like so raw and vulnerable. And, you know, I had to have so many moments, like he would be like, okay, so should we share desires now? And I'd be like, yeah, like, let's, you know, let's, do that first and then we'll do it (laughs) and I just kept having to be like okay Danielle breathe and I remember like the moment when I did like we were sat at this restaurant and it was so fun and he just made it so safe and so playful and I um, sat across the table from him and it was my turn to share my desires and I just breathed like I took a deep breath I was like I'm just gonna take a deep breath and I like took a deep breath I like dropped into my body and I was like, okay, Danielle, you can do this. Like it's safe for you to do this. And I remember like leaning on the table and being like, okay, I really desire. And then just sharing whatever felt enough to share and like what felt honest. And if it wasn't like the whole way of the desire, that's okay. Like today I only felt comfortable sharing this bar and like tomorrow I'll like next time when I do this, I'll practice sharing maybe a little bit further, but this is my edge for now. And that's okay. It's, it's such a practice. It has been so approving of that and just being 
like enjoying the expansion that you're stepping into as you do the edgy thing. Like after I'd had the conversation, I was like, oh my God, I'm so proud of myself. Like I'm so proud of myself right now. Like I did it. Like it wasn't even about the desires being met. It was about me like sitting in the sensation of sharing to a guy like these desires and then being like, oh my God, I can just breathe and relax now and like enjoy this whether it happens or not. But yeah, such a fun wow. Experience. Yeah, such a such an adrenaline rush. It's like the fear is gonna be there. You know, so many people kind of like reject the fear. Like, why am I afraid? Or I don't want to be afraid. And we have this message of like, don't be afraid. But it's like, to be afraid. You know, you're human. Be afraid. Just don't give your fear so much power. Don't be so afraid of the fear. Right. Yeah, and you can share that with them as well. Like there was a moment when I was in the car with this guy, and I was like oh my God, I'm feeling so nervous right now. And he was like, what, why? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just feeling like nervous. And, you know, there's so much running through my body right now. And as soon as I named it, it was like, oh, I don't feel nervous anymore. (laughs) I'm not nervous anymore. I just needed to tell you that. And that's good. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. Sounds like you really bring so much playfulness and rightness to it that normally people would be like, wow, telling someone, you're nervous. That's such a turnoff. That's so weird, but it it really depends on how you say it. You know, you could be light and um, turned on and just lit up about it in a way. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, you could bring whatever energy you want into sharing something so vulnerable. One of the biggest things that I've learned is that men want to feel you. Like they want to know what's going on emotionally when you're so shut off and you're just like, I'm perfect. Like I'm comfortable with anything. Like I'm cool. Like I'll go with the flow. It's like, they don't get to deliver because they don't understand like what's going on for you. They can't respond to you in the way that they desire to because you're just putting on an act and they can feel through that. And so the more that you're just in approval of like, this is me. Sometimes I'm goofy. Sometimes I'm playful. Sometimes I'm really scared. Sometimes I'm like hot as hell. And like, you get to experience all of me. Like you're so lucky. <laughs> damn I really hope every lady out there like really lets that sink in like you're so lucky that you get to feel all of me because that's rare it is rare yeah. to feel someone's full expression full like full spectrum as we say in our in our work yeah and it's so healing for you when you do share and it's met and you're mm-hmm. like oh my God, they're still interested in me. Even right. when I- Everything's okay. Nervous. What? <laughs> well, why was I putting on this front for so long thinking that I had to be this way and this person and this, you know, exciting and this dirty or like this, whatever. It's like, I just get to be myself and I get to be in full trust that that person will meet me there. And if they're interested in using, and if they're not, they're not the right person. And you get to still keep being yourself until you find the people who are able to meet you where you're at. Right. I love that. I don't know if you can relate to this, but in my case, I think, you know how in our work, we say that there's a tendency for women to want men to be like women. Mm. I think there's also the sense of women want to be like men. And in my case, men have an easier time, like holding back their emotions and staying still and present and like, you know, 
being in their masculine. Yeah. Like they're, you know, they're not just all over their place with their emotions and their expression. And so it felt really weird for me to do that. And for me to be like, I'm afraid I'm nervous. I'm this or that because they weren't showing that, you know, did you relate to that? Like, did you feel similar in that way? Yeah, I can totally relate to that. And I think we want them to like go first, but we actually don't. Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. Be... Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I am in control. And if I want to be vulnerable and raw and honest, like I have to take the move because realistically, I don't mind men being open and honest. But like if a guy came to me and was immediately like, I'm nervous and like I'm I'm feeling this and this and like was scattered, I'd be like, oh my God, like now I'm like having to hold this container of like, you know, whatever. Like I'm gonna have to like steer the <laughs> ship. <laughs> uh-huh. But so we think that we want men to be like that. And we think that men want us to be like easy flowing. And like holding it together, keeping it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I definitely relate to that. And this, I mean, my entire life, most of it was me keeping it together and was being like tied up and like ambitious and like the one who knows what she's doing and like go get her. And yeah, I would come into any relationship. I mean, I was in a long-term relationship, but like even with other people outside of that, like in conversation with friends or family, it was like, I am on track. I am contained. I am in my knowing, which is such a lie. (laughs) I like have it all figured out and I'm good. And so don't worry about me. Like, I'm just going to be over here chilling and like going with the flow versus me being like, like now I'm like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. And like, I'm scared and I'm excited and I'm like trying this on and I'm practicing and I'm falling apart and I'm piecing together and I'm celebrating and bragging and like asking for what I want and speaking up about desires and setting boundaries and doing all of these things. And it's just such an opposition of where I was. And sometimes people who, this is such a side note, but like for sometimes people who have been in your life when you've been so tied up and one way for so long for like their entire knowing of you. And now you're like this different human being. It can be really confronting for them because they've also got to handle the change in the dynamic of the relationship that you're now creating. And they are like confronted because now you're mirroring back to them where they're not approving of themselves or where they're getting triggered by you, like setting a boundary or you're like speaking up about what you need. And they're like, oh my God, what is happening? (laughs) So it's it's a dynamic that's challenging. Yeah, that is such a good point. The more you give yourself permission for what most people don't give permission for themselves to do, the more you're going to trigger people. That's such a good point. Yeah. And I get so nervous about triggering people. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many times, like there's so many things that I can even think of right now that like I haven't admitted or I haven't like expressed yet because I'm afraid that the other person is going to be triggered by me expressing this desire or like setting this boundary or saying no or whatever the, the situation is. There's so much resistance for me to do the thing that I desire or do the thing that I want or like speak up about something 
because I'm so afraid, it's always the conflict that I come up against is the people pleasing of like, I don't want them to feel unsettled or offended or triggered or upset or left behind in me following pursuit with my desire. And so I'll just sit in it and (laughs) I'll just sit in it for a little bit longer and let it like annoy the shit out of me until I get to the point where I'm like, I can't deny this anymore. I'm just going to have to do it and trust that they can handle their own reaction to my desire. Mm, That's so good. It's like the difference between keeping it together and and now you're like breaking things. You're not constantly testing, constantly breaking, constantly questioning. Yeah, that's so good. And yet, like you said, it just takes so much courage. What have you seen transform for you the more that you have explored sexually and have expressed yourself sexually how has that like changed other areas of your life well now my new belief is like your turn on and your pleasure amplifies everything in your life so when you are in that experience or when you are in your turn on whether that's you've created it for yourself or you've created it with somebody else everything around you seems to butterfly and becomes more orgasmic and expansive and it's this energy that you create when you are in that experience that ripples out like I can say in my business when I am in most pleasure when I am in my aligned alive self like the version of me that is just like lit up and turned on and like approving and is doing my thing and feeling into all of that especially in my sexuality like my business grows because people can feel that people are more drawn to me money comes easier um I feel more embodied in my message because I feel alive because the act of pleasure sexual pleasure for me personally brings me alive it's like a charging point in a way like you get to feel energized not directly afterwards, but like from these experiences that are like expansive and especially because I've been in so much play and exploration recently, every time like I've been courageous or like done that conversation or like had this experience afterwards, I'm always feeling like, oh my God, I'm capable of so much. Like I'm capable of so much and I just keep expanding my ability to receive and my ability to create and my ability to feel and from that it just ripples out into having better communication with friends deeper connection with friends like honest conversations where I get to work with my clients on a deeper level and yeah definitely like financially it it brings in more money when I'm in pleasure versus when I'm in force and gripping and like dissatisfaction frustration so yeah I would definitely say that that's the benefit that I have personally received powerful it's like if you want all these things then that uncomfortable thing you're avoiding of exploring and being you know outside of your usual and going outside of your comfort zone is going to lead you to that magical juicy expansive life that you want Yeah, I just thought when I had had that conversation with that guy that I just shared about, literally the next day I signed a new coaching client and obviously you can't put two and two together. You can't say that that wasn't going to happen if that conversation didn't (laughs) happen. However, (laughs) I believe that the universe God was like, wow, 
you were really freaking brave and I see you and I see you pushing your edges and here's another client that needs you and needs your work because you're doing the do and you're embodying it and you're like actualizing the things that you share so openly about here's another person who could really benefit from that juice and like because I was in such pleasure I then attracted in in my perspective of my wannabe belief is that I attracted this new dream client because I have been doing the do. Wow. So good. Um, I'm personally feeling very lit up by this conversation. And I just want to reflect back to you that it's so refreshing to hear someone speak so openly about their experiences from like the fears that are alive and also the turn on and the excitement that's alive. And with so much bubbliness and excitement and taking up so much space, you know, you really just allow your excitement and your hunger take up so much space and it's really inspiring. Um, Mm. So this has been, yeah, it's really just been such a gift to have you um, as a guest on this podcast. Thank you so much. So fun to have the space to have these conversations and be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So I would love to have like a three hour conversation out of this and we'll definitely have you back on. But for now, how can my listeners get in touch with you? And is there any project that you're working on that that you'd like to invite them to? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Danielle Hatton with two N's. And I have a podcast that I just launched like two weeks ago called Allow, Accept, Approve. And so you can check that out. And there is an Instagram for that where I'm sharing daily quotes, which are really hopefully expansive and approving for you. And I have a program launching, depending on when this podcast comes out, it starts on December 7th and it's called Aligned and Alive. And it's all about giving you permission to feel, permission to explore your desires, bring an approval to them and doing the thing that lights you up the most to bring the aliveness, to bring that joy, to bring that hunger into fruition. And we're doing coaching and embodiment to really bring it together. So yeah, if you're interested in that, you can find it in my Instagram. Mm, Love that. And just to let you guys know, Once you follow her on Instagram, you'll most likely be resharing half of her posts. It's (laughs) it's like she'll share something and then suddenly I see it on like half of my friend's stories because they're so powerful. She's just like channeling the divine through her her writing. Mm. So yeah, excited for you guys to to see that. All right. Yeah. If you have any questions, you know how to reach out to her. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Commitment Phobe. If this episode left an impact on you, please share with friends, family, loved ones, ex-lovers, the people in your life who you think would benefit from listening to these conversations. If you're curious about the kind of work that I do, head on over to my website, www.tanaimilgram.com, where you can learn more about what I do with my one-on-one coaching clients, group coaching programs, and you can set up a discovery call with me to see how I can be of support to you. You could also follow me on Instagram on my handle at Tanai Milgram. I'm always posting content about what I'm up to and new insights, new learnings that I'm getting along my journey. And please head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review if you like what you heard so we can raise awareness around these conversations and change the way that we're talking about intimacy and commitments. Thank you so much again and see you next time.